Well, I'd like to start this morning by uh, telling you a story I learned about a 55-year-old man named Mike. Uh, Mike is uh, a really funny guy. He was a funny man, and uh, he was kind-hearted, and he was a gentle guy. Um, He was smart, and Mike was also a a veteran of the Korean War. And so Mike uh, had seen a lot of combat in his life. In fact, Mike has struggled uh, for much of his life with uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And to look at Mike, you would see a person who struggles with anxiety. Uh, You would see a person who uh, has sleep issues and uh, has bouts of depression. Uh, Mike had many times had had issues of of flashbacks in his life, and he was self-medicating. He was doing things that weren't necessarily best for his body. And and all of this, uh, over the course of his life, had led to family issues. It led to job issues. Uh, In many ways, he lost his family and even lost his job. Uh, He was divorced, and uh, he was forced into retirement uh, at a young age. And eventually, Mike began to see a psychiatrist, and that psychiatrist, and he began to work on some of his issues. He began treatment, and after about a year, Mike was doing really well. He was doing pretty well. He had actually battled back some of the drinking that he had been doing in his life. Some of the other anxiety issues and sleeplessness and some of that still persisted, but he had been doing very well. He felt like he had done uh, quite well uh, after about a year's worth of uh, treatment. And then one day he called his doctor really upset. He said, Doc, Doc, I, I need to talk to you. I, I got to talk to you. Can I come see you today? It's, it's really upset. My girlfriend, Sally, she, she wants to come too. And the doctor looked at his schedule. He could see that there was some urgency to what Mike was talking about. And so he had an opening and he said, yes, why don't you come in this afternoon? And so uh, Mike thanked the doctor and he hung up the phone. And that afternoon, Mike and Sally walked through the doctor's office. And the doctor, as he was talking, as he relates this story, the doctor was saying that he looked at Mike and Sally and it looked like two scared teenagers. They were uncertain and they were unsure of, of where to look and what to do. And they arrived holding hands and Uh, It looked like Mike was carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. As the doctor relays this story, he was telling uh, the audience, he was saying that Mike was uh, just carrying so much shame. He could see shame all over Mike's face. And and Sally was there comforting him and and just stroking his arm and saying, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And so before they could even get through the door, uh, Mike says to the doc, he says, Doc, can you tell Sally what PTSD is? Can, Can you explain it to her, please? And the doctor kind of took a step back and said, well, Mike, did something happen? Can you tell me what's going on? And Mike just kind of shook his head and he said, well, we were walking downtown and and we were having dinner and it was was a great night. We enjoyed the meal. It was so much fun. And and then we went for a walk downtown. and, And as we were walking downtown, suddenly I was on the ground between parked cars and I was terrified that we were being shot at. And and even when Sally tried to help me, I just kept screaming, get down, get down, get down. We're going to get shot. And he was screaming, he was carrying on, and no matter what Sally did, she said, in, in Sally's recount, she said, it seemed like 10 minutes, it was probably just three or four, but it seemed to go on forever. Then Mike was just having this, this episode where he was covering his head and yelling and grabbing at Sally, yelling, get down, get down, get down, and people were looking, and, and it was just uncomfortable. And it went on like this for several minutes until Mike realized that what he'd heard was a backfire from a motorcycle. And at that moment, he got up and he dusted himself off and he was so embarrassed. Mike was so frustrated. He was so angry with himself. He goes to, he he went to the doc and said, doc, what's wrong with me? Mike's story is an example 
of a veteran who's experienced extreme trauma. Over in Korea during the war, Mike's brain taught him that in order for him to survive, he had to duck and cover. Just to stay alive, he had to duck and cover. In Mike's own words, he says, in the war, if you didn't keep your head down, you were killed. If you ever fell asleep when you weren't supposed to, you were killed. I hate the 4th of July and I hate New Year's, he said. Fireworks make me jump and I feel like my heart is going to burst out of my chest. I can't sleep for weeks after the fireworks go off. But in the story I just told you, Mike is now stateside decades later from the Korean War. And now that he's home, his brain has not unlearned that fight or flight response. So whenever he is startled, his body goes right into reaction. It reacts to the noise, a slamming door, a a rattling cart. It all can be triggers for Mike. And his brain reacts. Now this story that I'm telling you, it's unique to Mike. But all of us are victims of trauma. All of us are victims of trauma. What makes trauma so difficult for us is, is how it's perceived, right? It's, it's so difficult to define what trauma is because of how it is perceived. What one person might experience as a life-altering traumatic event, another person might see as a stressor, but not life-altering. And so we, it's not one size fits all that every issue, every experience is traumatic. And that makes trauma really difficult to define. For example, let's just say we have two eight-year-old boys. And these two eight-year-old boys are are on a street, and one of them is shopping in a convenience store when suddenly an armed gunman runs in. And the armed gunman might be running around, and he might be holding the gun in his his arms, and he might be covering a mask. And and so maybe he's yelling, and maybe he's kind of screaming, and he's trying to rob the place. And uh, while that's going on, the other eight-year-old is across the street, and he's eating an ice cream cone at Carvel. So he's completely across the street eating... Uh, the, the ice cream cone there. And the boy in the story, he's experiencing the gunman, as I said, at first hand. He sees him yelling and waving the gun, and, and maybe even he hurts somebody in the store. And this boy is there to see this happening before he runs out the door and he jumps in a car and he runs away. The other boy who's eating the ice cream cone across the street, he might hear the yelling. He might see the man run out the door. He might see him get in the car and drive away. But for the boy in the store, who had the in-person, first-hand account, that might be an extremely traumatic event for him. Whereas the boy across the street, his experience might be stressful, but after a couple of days, he might return to what might be normal for him, and he's not as impacted by what he saw. The point is that trauma, in many times, is in the eye of the beholder. And we all experience trauma. All of us experience it at some point in life. We experience it through sickness and through death, through abuse, through disease, addiction, through neglect, even divorce. There are traumatic events in our lives, and we all handle these differently. But the younger we are, the younger we experience trauma, the more it impacts our lives. Think back to a moment about the story I told you about Mike. Mike has experienced this as a Vietnam or as a Korean War veteran. Mike was 24 years old when he experienced the war. 24 years old, and that experience wreaked havoc on him for the remainder of his life. It had an impact on him well into his 50s and 60s. Imagine what the impact of trauma would be on an infant and a toddler. The impact of war on an infant and toddler. How much more widespread could damage be done in a person's life if they experienced trauma as a child? 
for several months now, I've been learning about what I, everything I can about how trauma impacts us. And what I'm learning about trauma is this, is that at the youngest age, the younger the age of the trauma experience, it impacts your life's trajectory. Your decisions, your relationships, your attitude, your faith, all of that is impacted by trauma and the trajectory of your life. Your past is impacting your present, and your present will impact your future. Biblically speaking, none of us escapes trauma. There's not one of us who escapes trauma. From the opening chapters of the Bible, we learn that we live in a sin-filled, broken world. We live in a sin-filled, broken world. All of us are searching for connection and healing and ways of dealing with the brokenness that we find present in our lives. Part of that healing comes from facing the past, and in the weeks to come, you will have a chance to face past wounds and the trauma that's brought you to this point in your life. Because if you're willing to engage your past, freedom and health is available in your future. If you are willing to face your past trauma, freedom and health is available for you in the future. But before any of us can take a step forward, uh, looking at our past, before any of us can take one step towards looking at our past, we need to all admit that we need help. We have to admit that we need help. This is not one of those, let my emotions be stuffed down deep inside and I'm okay and I don't need anyone to get any help. That's not what this is. That's not what this message is. That's not what this topic is. Trauma is, a, is, is more than just a little bit of stress. It's not just stress that I'm talking about. I'm talking about deep-rooted trauma in our lives. It's bigger than what we can manage on our own. And as we will learn next week, it is pervasive throughout society and throughout the world. And facing trauma in your past, it can be scary. I understand that. I understand that what we're stepping on in the days ahead can be scary for us. But as Christians, we have the blessing of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. That's something to hold on to. We have the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Comforter, the Chief Counselor is with us. And he resides within each of us who trust Jesus as Lord. And so knowing that God is with you as you face that trauma in your past is a big encouragement. Sometimes when we ask God to deliver us from our struggles, God hears us and he answers and he does deliver us and he relieves us of that burden. But sometimes God doesn't just take the burden away. Sometimes God allows us to live through the burden and through the pain. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says no. I remember the story of Mark Patterson, uh, Mark Batterson uh, from the National Church in Washington, D.C. Um, so Mark has written uh, a lot of books, and uh, he tells this story quite often about how for decades he struggled with asthma. For decades, he struggled with asthma. For 40 years, not a day went by that he didn't puff on his inhaler. For 40 days, he puffed on that inhaler and looked for help. And, and for each of those 40 days, he prayed and asked God to relieve him of the asthma, to take the asthma away. And for every day, for 40 years, God just said no. For every day he would pray for that asthma to be removed, God never let it go. 
And then in uh, the summer of 2016, during a message that he was preaching at his church about how God can move mountains, Mark once again, and in, in a prayer about bold prayers, Mark once again prayed for healing for his asthma. And miraculously, as he tells the story, his asthma was gone. Miraculously, it was gone. He hasn't puffed on inhaler since that fateful day in July of 2016 where he prayed and God removed his asthma, his lifelong asthma. Now, I hold on to that story because God can absolutely, we believe as Christians, God can absolutely heal us from our diseases. He can heal us from our pain. He can take that away from us. But more often than not, God delivers us through our stressors. He delivers us through our pain and our heartache and our, and our frustrations. And when it comes to trauma, I think that God doesn't want to just heal us of the pain of the past. He wants us to heal us from the pain by helping us heal through the pain of our past. So if counseling is what you need, seek it out. If counseling is what you need, by the end of this message or any time in the next few weeks, if you feel that you could benefit from time with a therapist, don't ignore that, that noodling around in your head. Don't ignore that little voice that says, yeah, I need some help with this issue in my life. Again, if you're willing to engage your past wounds, freedom and healing is what's at stake. And so seek out someone who will help you, who will guide you on your journey, someone who knows about trauma and someone who will respect the tenets of your faith, someone who will respect your faith in the process not only do you need someone who can help you navigate some of the pain of your past, but you also will want someone who can help you learn how to trust God in this process. My guess is that if you haven't done with, dealt with the trauma of your past, then you probably have an issue trusting God. You have an issue trusting God, a God who was absent when those people hurt you. God who didn't seem to care when bad things happened to you. God who was unavailable to you when your parents abandoned or when they neglected you. You have trust issues because we have to learn how to let our feelings be felt. And we have to learn about how our feelings about the past impact our present and impact our future. And trusting God is a big part of that. And so a counselor can help. So don't be afraid to reach out for help. Trauma is bigger than any of us think. It, it reaches farther into our lives than we can imagine. But hope is not lost. Hope is never lost. And there is a way through this. Despite our circumstances, despite our pain, despite our past, God can help us and will help us make a way through. This morning we are looking at uh, an answer, God's answer to how we deal with our pain. And so we're going to find that this morning in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. And it says this, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Friends, what is that mighty weapon that, that is at our disposal that knocks down the strongholds and, of reasoning and destroys false arguments? What is this weapon that removes the obstacles that keeps people from ever knowing who God is? What is the weapon that, that God puts in your hand that gives you the power to deal with the pain of your past? That weapon is prayer. That's the weapon that God has given to us. 
We are human and we don't fight wars with clubs and with swords. We fight on our knees. We go to God in prayer. And when we are exploring our past and when we're dealing with the pain of trauma, we don't just fight it with good science and good psychology. That's all part of it. But we also pray and we invite God into our lives. Here's one way that you can do that. Write this down if you have a pen and paper handy or if you got a mobile device or if you're on your computer, I encourage you, write this down because this can be a starting point if you want to face the trauma in your past life. And it's this, find a quiet place. The first thing you do is find a quiet place and sit quietly. Make time in your schedule. Make time to sit quietly with God and to address what you're feeling and what you've experienced. Find a quiet place and sit quietly. If you just think it's going to happen in your schedule already, I can tell you that it's not. Our schedules are already overcrowded. You have to schedule time to just block things out and give yourself space to be. And then ask God to to reveal your pain. Ask Jesus to reveal that pain. Sometimes that pain is going to be hidden from you. Because you've hidden it so far and so deep and you've buried it down. And it's going to take some, some time to do that work. But, but pray for Jesus to enter in. Ask for God to be a part of that time. So find a quiet place and then ask Jesus to reveal to the, you that pain. And as you are doing that, as you've done that, then concentrate on the truth that you don't have to have it all together. It's okay to sit with this. It's okay not to have all the answers. It's okay for you to to start dealing with some of this stuff. You don't have to have it all together. This is bigger than we can imagine. And then as you're doing that, exhale. Take a deep breath in and exhale out the anxiety from the past that this isn't going to work, that you can't ever begin to trust God again. Your head is going to tell you, I've prayed for this over and over and over before, and God didn't answer. He's not going to answer me now. That's a lie. Remember the story of Mark Batterson, right? Mark prayed for 40 years. God didn't answer that prayer, but then in a moment, God did, and he gave Mark a clarity of vision to say, I am always with you, Mark. I am able. I can do this thing. You need to learn to trust me. Release that thought that that God isn't big enough to be able to answer your prayers. And so I encourage you to face, as I said here, face your past and do it several times this week. Don't just do it once, but but face it over the course of this next week a couple of times and do it a couple of times this month. Face your past several times. Dealing with trauma is a process. This is not a go, you sit, you face it all and you walk away with it. This is a process. It is not a quick fix. And so as I'm preaching right now, as I'm sharing this message with you, some of you might be feeling anxious as you hear these words, as I'm talking with you about this, because some of you have faced significant trauma in your life. If you feel anxious about this message, find yourself a counselor. Reach out to me. I will help you find someone who's trained to deal with trauma. Don't try to do this work on your own. Others of you, you need to get closure on something. You've begun the work of dealing with some trauma, you, but you've never really found closure. For those of you looking for closure in your life, I, uh, you've done some work, you need to, 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 to find closure, and now you want to face it. I encourage you, go through this exercise of F-A-C-E, facing it, finding quiet time, asking Jesus to enter in, concentrating on the truth that you don't have to have it all together, and exhaling out that anxiety that it hasn't worked in the past. 
Let it all out and trust Jesus in the moment. Now, still others of you, you may want to explore this topic more because everything I'm saying is maybe new to you. You haven't really explored some of this stuff in your past and, and, and there's nothing that's super traumatic that is, that is hindering you today, but I guarantee you we've all had issues of trauma in our past. And so if this is a topic you want to study more about, then, then here's an idea. Go to the YouVersion Bible app and download for yourself or log on to the seven-day devotion titled Trauma Letting Go by Paula Jouch. Go check that out. Go check out the seven-day study by Paula Jouch. We, we're going to put the link in the comment section for you. If, or if you can't find it, email the office and, and we'll, let you, we'll get you connected uh, with a link for the study. But, uh, so this way you can become aware of trauma and how trauma of the past impacts us today. Friends, this is a process. It is a journey that we are on and it doesn't happen overnight. This is going to take time, but, but ask yourself the question, what happened to me? What happened to me in the past why do I do the things today that I do? Why do I do things that way? And start learning to face your trauma and allow God into your process to bring healing and to bring freedom and to bring wholeness that you've never had before. So look for help. Get counseling. Face the traumatic events of your past by taking time to get quiet and letting go. And, and, and do the Bible app this week. Do the Bible app, the study, the devotion, the seven-day study on the Bible app, and, and address the present. Let's address the present and set the course for a better future by all of us taking time to address the trauma of our past. Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving us this day. Uh, for, Lord, it is a good day. It is a day when we are all together. It is a day when you are opening within us our hearts, uh, Lord, you are, you are calling for freedom. You are calling for healing and wholeness in our lives. And Lord, this is scary for us. And we understand it is a journey, it is a process, that is not something that we can just fix overnight. And so God, I pray for courage. I pray for stamina. I pray for, for protection against the enemy of our souls. I pray that, that Satan would have no ability to get in here and, and to cause us harm. But Lord, we would find a way to seek and set our eyes on healing and hope and wholeness in you, Jesus. I ask all of this today in Jesus' name. Amen.